Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moderno. Just me solo this episode. Got a whole you guys just want to catch you up on some stuff. There was no Wizards game last night because I guess Texas can't handle any form of inclement weather whatsoever. So the Pistons couldn't get out. So the Pistons saw the Wizards won a six game win streak and got scurred and pretended that they couldn't get out of Dallas. That's my guess. I don't know. Maybe it's the weather. We'll see. Uh, before we get really started in the basketball convo, Today's episode is brought to you by Stateside Vodka. Uh, friend of the show, Eric Aronson, and I are going to be meeting up later today, get some swag and stuff from Stateside. We're going to do a little giveaway or something here on the show too, but appreciate them being the official vodka sponsor of the Believe in Wizards podcast. And as always, we're brought to you by betonline.ag. Basketball is back and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll find all the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, with that out of the way, let's just kind of get into some stuff. I got, again, news and notes here. Just kind of a random one before we get started. I did just see right before recording this that uh, Washington, D.C. will be hosting the NBA 2K League this year. So it's moving around a little bit in its first couple of years. Obviously, the Wizards uh, team, Wizards DG or Wizards District, uh, Wizards District Gaming has been extremely successful. They've won two championships in the last three years, and they were extremely close last year in both the five-on-five and three-on-three formats. So they're probably the best basketball team in D.C., and I would say best professional basketball team because these guys are compensated for their time playing uh, playing the game. So credit to them. Uh, their coach, Patrick Krosnan, has been really nice to the show here. Come on probably three or four times. So appreciate him doing that. Wish them well. You can go see these games if you play video games, if you're into 2K, if your kids are into 2K and you want something to do, they will have a, like an actual facility where people can go and watch their teams play in real life and have giveaways and stuff like that. And, and they make a like a spectacle of it. So I, I think if that's your your kind of deal, something to consider. So I'm sure Ted is happy that he has, you know, the extra esports revenue. I guess why sell tickets to real basketball games when you can sell them to virtual ones? So more power to them, I guess. You know, it just it seems like these are the kinds of things that they put a lot of time and energy into. And you know, it's a local DC team with a good group of guys. So I will root for them. I hope they do well. And I'm sure we'll have some folks from their uh, team on the show here at some point this season, on court, actual on and tangible NBA court. In the Wizards' most recent game, they beat the San Antonio Spurs 127 to 106. 
The Wizards snapped a franchise record 22-game losing streak on the road to San Antonio. It was their first time that they won in San Antonio since December 11th, 1999. That's just hard to think about. A team could lose that many times to one team in one place. So, uh, yeah. I mean, granted, San Antonio doesn't want to win this year. The only thing they're trying to win is Victor Wembanyama's services next year. But a win is a win, and I will happily take it. Just for fun, let's look at the roster during that game uh, on December 11th, 1999. You had Ike Austin, Calvin Booth, Rip Hamilton, Juwan Howard, Reggie Jordan, Gerard King, Tracy Murray, LaRon Prophet, Don Reed, Mitch Richmond, Michael Smith, Rod Strickland, Jahidi White, Chris Whitney, Aaron Williams, and Lorenzo Williams. I don't remember half of those guys. I'll be very honest. I was uh, 11 years old at the time, and I was a little uh, traumatized that they traded away Rasheed Wallace, my favorite player, shortly before this uh, season's team. So, eh, you know, not not the heyday of my Wizards fandom, but I obviously do remember most of those guys. But there are a couple there that I'm like, who was that again? So I think that says a lot. That win against the Spurs was Wizards' sixth straight win, which is a season best for them. Uh, they've now won five consecutive road games for the first time since 2018, which is pretty cool. And uh, it's also all the starters scored in double figures for the Wizards in back-to-back games. And it's the eighth time they've done that this season, which I thought was pretty cool. This team does well when multiple people are involved and they're getting contributions kind of across the board, especially with certain players not really playing all the way up to kind of their ideal standard, I would say. So, you know, let's just keep that going. The Wizards are 16-2 when they hold opponents to less than 110 points. We've talked about that on the show here a bunch, that 110 seems to be the magic number for them. They just have to play good enough defense. They always seem to be able to get to that 110 mark. So if they can keep a team under it, they're in pretty good shape. They hit uh, almost 56% of their shots from the floor, and they're 13-6 and six in games when they shoot uh, above uh, 500 from the field. So, you know, if you can make 50% of your field goals as a Wizards team, pretty good chance you're going to win the game. They also killed it from the three-point line against San Antonio. Again, I don't know that there was a ton of resistance, but they made 16 of their 33-point attempts. I don't have that particular stat in front of me, but when the Wizards hit more than 15 threes, I'm just going to go on a limb and say they're basically unbeatable. So, you know, let's just kind of keep that in mind. Wizards, shooting is good. I just one person I have to mention here. I- I've... I think I have been fair. His hive thinks I've been a hater, so that's totally, again, their choice. But Denny Avdi has been really good. I, I still not sure I totally buy our used car salesman, our GM, sorry, um, saying that the reason he traded Rui was to free up Denny. But it does seem like that's been a nice byproduct of of them moving on from Rui Hachimura, that, that Denny feels more empowered and he's been more aggressive. He's been a little more on ball, which has been nice to see. He had a career high 25 points. He was 10 of 12 from the field, two for two from three. Didn't really force too much stuff, especially later in the game. He was just kind of grooving, which is awesome. The nine rebounds is still the thing I most like to see. Just when he's also rebounding, they're so hard to deal with. Porzingis is not like the best rebounder. Gafford's not like the best rebounder, but there's a lot of length and they keep guys from getting like other guys from getting rebounds. So Put Kuzma out there too. That's just a lot of long dudes that are going to lock down the thing, lock down the boards. And if you're not the best defensive team, at least limiting second chance opportunities is huge. He also had one block and one steal. So he just kind of fully contributed across the board there and one assist. I don't know if I mentioned that. It was the fourth 20 point effort of Avdia's career, his second the season. It's not the first time we've seen good games from Denny, but three of the last four have just been 
been as good as we've seen him play. So I think it's reasonable to say that this looks like he's trending in the right direction. And hopefully this is here to stay. He's had at least 10 plus points and five rebounds in four straight games. It's the longest streak of his career, which doesn't say a lot that 10 and five, four times in a row uh, is the best streak of his career. But hey, we'll take it. If he can be this moving forward and even continue to improve from here, that's exactly what the haters like me have wanted to see. Uh, Just signs of steady growth and improvement. And he looks locked in. So I think a lot of this we said all along from him has been confidence. And for whatever reason, he seems to have it right now. His teammates are empowering him. I think the biggest disappointment for me with Denny right now is the fact that the name Turbo did not come from the movie Break-In and or Break-In to Electric Boogaloo. Uh, it's apparently a reference to him from Monte Morris, him hitting the turbo button a lot in 2K. And I'd prefer to think it was a turbo and ozone deal. And maybe, I don't know who makes sense to be ozone, maybe Gafford because he gets up the highest, or maybe it could be ironic. And it's the person with the smallest vertical, like that could be Monte's nickname. I don't know. Just, just something to think about wizards. Although yeah, there's probably not a ton of guys on the team that actually even know what that movie is. So anyway, uh, the wizards have the fourth best winning percentage in the league. Uh, basically they've won two thirds of their game. They're 12 and six since December 20th. They're also eight and three on the road during that span. That's a 73% win percentage. It's the second highest win percentage behind only Philly. Daniel Gafford has scored a season high 21 points and tied a career high 12 rebounds while also adding five blocks in that game against new Orleans on January 28th, which was awesome to see. I think Gafford has been a big reason for the wizards turnaround and, and maybe not getting the love that he deserves, but he's been the Gafford that I think a lot of us suspected he would be coming into the season and he would was just not very good for the first month or so maybe a little longer i need there to be a gafford hive in the same way that Rui had his fan base then he has his fan base even there's like kispert stands out there too apparently like somebody needs to take on the mantle of being like the daniel gafford fan club president i'll do it if i have to but i'm already carrying the torch for a couple underachieving guys uh, like Isaiah Todd and Johnny Davis, even though I didn't even like the Davis pick. It's just somebody had to support the dude. So if someone wants to take on Gafford, I'd be appreciative of that because he just deserves the love. It's the first time in his career that he had a 20-point, 10-rebound, 5-block uh, game, which just, that's so cool. Um, so good for him. Kuzma scored more than 25 points in a career-best four straight games from January 18th to 25th, and the team was 4-0 during that stretch. So again, if Guzma scores over 25 points, this team is also unbeatable. So I hope they're taking notes and these are the things that they're trying to scheme to make happen. Hold people under 110, hit a bunch of threes, shoot 50% from the field, make sure Kuzma scores 25 points. If you do that, uh, basically the 70, 70-ish win Warriors team or whatever can't even beat you. So just, you know, that's, that's your model for success moving forward. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wizards. Uh, just throwing this out there. Um, we had a kind of thing we proposed last episode for fans to try to win some merch. We'll keep it going for another week or two here so we get a few more guesses. If you go on uh, Apple iTunes and leave a review and leave your guess 
for who you think will be the new permanent co-host for the show that also was a former member of the Washington Wizards, uh, we'll give you some merch. So, so far we've had a couple guesses. One Testicle Lance, which awesome uh, screen name, guessed Sam Decker. No, it is not Sam Decker. So I will eliminate that right off the bat here. Uh, Sam has promised to come on the show in the next couple of weeks. I want to talk to him about Johnny Davis and just specifically what the transition from Wisconsin basketball to the NBA is like in that structure and, and how it can kind of, you know, lead to kind of a steeper learning curve than maybe people understand. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, the real OG Bobby guest, Larry Hughes, former co-host of the show, Larry Hughes, is not going to come back as the full-time co-host again. But I do want to have Larry on as a guest here. So I think after the trade deadline, I'm going to ask him to do that. And I'm sure we can get him on sometime in that sort of general time frame. And then uh, apologies for not knowing how to say this one, but F-J-I-D-O-S, F-J-I-D-O-S, I don't know, guest Roger Mason Jr. It's a good guess, not Roger. I've reached out to him a couple times and not heard back. So if anybody's got a line to Roger Mason, love to have him on the show as a guest sometime. Also, thank you to uh, Bolts PR. It's a great Twitter account if you're not following it. Uh, Eric Lewis V, or Eric Lewis V, excuse me, and Coach Carter 91919 for the nice reviews. We really appreciate it. We're at 88 reviews for the show on iTunes, hoping we can break 100 by the end of the season. So if you haven't left a review uh, and you'd be so inclined, we always appreciate that. Uh, let's see. The Wizards' next couple upcoming games, they play the Blazers at home on Friday at 7 p.m. So that'll be an interesting one to see. After that, they play the Nets at 6 p.m. on Saturday in Brooklyn, and then the Cavaliers at home at 7 p.m. Uh, on that following Monday. So that Monday game against the Cavaliers is also the inaugural uh, Caribbean Heritage Night. Everybody loves Heritage Nights here in the district, so the Wizards will be hosting the Cavaliers for that as it's part of the team's Black History Month celebrations, and there's going to be some merch and some giveaways and things like that. And there'll be a kind of a video presentation from the ambassador from Haiti, which is, you know, pretty cool, I think, to have him come in and talk about uh, just sort of the, uh, you know, Caribbean uh, influence here in, in Washington, D.C. So awesome. I I know we make jokes about the team drafting players just to get different heritage nights and stuff. There aren't any uh, Caribbean born players on the team at the moment, to uh, to my knowledge, but it's so cool. I mean, that is kind of the the best part about the city is it really is a melting pot and it's a, the wizards are a thing that brings us together for good or bad. I don't know. Um, so it just, I like when they do stuff like that. Last thing I kind of wanted to talk about, I mentioned on the last episode that I've been doing this mock GM exercise and participating as the wizards. It's on sports ethos. If you uh, want to check out their website or the bird rights podcast has some summaries of all the trade deadline stuff that they're doing. Again, if you didn't catch last episode, the deal was essentially there was one GM from every team and, you know, we went with the roster straight through for, so when we started the exercise two weeks ago, that was our roster that we started with. So if the Wizards traded someone during our exercise, we did not count their real life moves. It was basically so we can compare our mock trade deadline to what the teams actually do uh, during that period at the end. So, um, in mine, Rui Hachimura did not actually end up getting traded. So I, I mentioned in the last episode, I traded Kyle Kuzma and Vernon Carey Jr. to the Sacramento Kings for Tegan Murray and Davion Mitchell. A lot of you pushed back that, you know, the Kings would never do that in real life. I would challenge you to go back and look at the track record of things that the Kings do. And they do have an owner that is hard pressed to go all in, uh, you know, to, to make the playoffs this year. I mean, 
longer term, I think Halliburton will be a better, I would say, a long-term asset than DeMontis Sabonis, but Sabonis was a better fit and a better win-now move. I think Keegan Murray is probably a better long-term asset right now than Kyle Kuzma, just because he's cheaper and cost-controlled and recent lottery pick, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, if you're doing this under the auspices that you're the Kings and you can re-sign Kuzma because he's in California and he's close to other big markets, et cetera, I, I, just, I don't think it's as crazy as some people seem to think. There are also some of you that think the Wizards would never do this. Yeah, you know, they should um, if if they were presented with something like that. As much as I love Kuzma, and if you listen to the show, you know, that's been my dude. So that pained me to have to trade him. Uh, to add a couple more guys to this, we had to tweak the trade and bring in a third team. So uh, we added the Pistons to this. So again, this is just a mock general, you know, mock uh, trade deadline exercise, essentially. essentially. So not real. So if this bores you, you can hit fast forward. I don't know. But uh, I, I do think it's kind of cool to explore what are the the potential things that are on the table. And honestly, if you guys end up saying you liked my moves at the deadline, I'm going to spend the next one full calendar year until next trade deadline saying that uh, I am better at this than Tommy Shepard is, which is hilariously stupid to even say out loud, but I'm still going to do it. So just say nice things about these moves and empower me and I will make a fool of myself if you want. So in this exercise, the Kings received Kyle Kuzma, Corey Joseph, and Hamadou Diallo. The Pistons received Will Barton, Alex Len, a 2025 second round pick from the Wizards, and a 2028 second round pick from the Kings. And the Wizards, our team, who we actually care about, received Keegan Murray, Davion Mitchell from Sacramento, Alec Burks from Detroit, and Matthew Dellavedova, who who cares at this point? He's not really a relevant NBA player. No offense, Delhi. Uh, you're, the ship has sailed for you, I think. So if you haven't seen the Pistons this year, which I don't really blame you, uh, Burks has been really good, like really, really good. And he's been good the last couple years, but this year, especially with like not a lot of help, he's just been, been a very solid player for them. And I think it would be a very big bench upgrade. So essentially it was the same trade I made before, except Kerry Jr. came out, Delavadova got added in, and then we basically traded Will Barton and a second round pick to get Alec Burks. And this worked out well because they were trying to figure out their deal. And basically the Pistons needed to move on from another player to be able to make that first deal happen. So Burks was a casualty for them and I was able to get him on the cheap and the Kings threw in another second round pick to kind of sweeten the deal for the Pistons. So Burks is averaging 13 and a half points, three rebounds, two assists, shooting 45 and a half percent from the field and 44 and a half percent from three. He would be a like he would be the, the person that I think we thought we were getting with Will Barton, to be honest, uh, on even better shooting efficiency. So this would be a great move for the Wizards, in my opinion. Let me know what you think. Again, that essentially distills down to Will Barton and a second round pick for Alec Burks. Uh, to me, no brainer. But I would love your feedback. Let me know what you think. Uh, because Vernon Carey kind of got moved around in this, he didn't actually get traded. I did have to create two roster spots. So I cut Vernon Carey Jr. from the original deal. I had to take on Del Vadova. And because of that, I had to cut another person. So the decision basically came down to, do I cut Anthony Gill or Isaiah Todd in real life? The team would almost certainly uh, keep Anthony Gill because, I don't know, veteran leadership or whatnot. I guess, you know, he's fine. I, I like Gill. I don't want to say bad things about him. I just don't like when we randomly start him out of nowhere and things like that. But I try to make the like mental gymnastics work here to say that um, maybe the front office wouldn't want to admit to a failing on another draft pick so soon by cutting Todd. And to be honest with you, I just like Todd and I just had to trade Kuzma and 
trading Guzma and cutting Todd in the same exercise would just like kill me personally. And I like being alive. So I opted not to cut Todd and to cut Gil instead. Basically, the way I'm justifying it is Taj Gibson provides you all of the grit and veteran savvy that you actually need. Burks could be another guy that comes in here and gives you some of that as well. And that makes Gil expendable, essentially. And plus, if just two players aren't really very good or helping you much on the court, which is really the case for Gil and Todd, I'd rather just keep the young guy because Gil's probably not going to get any better at this point. If anything, he probably gets worse. Whereas I could see there's some world where Isaiah Todd finally makes the jump that I think he's capable of making. He is seemingly regressing on the go-go right now and like almost barely playing. And you can think what you want, but there were large stretches of last year where he was either really bad or really good. There was kind of no in the middle, but there was a lot of really good. This year, there's seemingly not even anything left other than not good. So I don't know if they do just need to move on from him, if it's a confidence thing at this point. Mike Williams, their coach, doesn't seem to have much confidence in him. I just, I don't know what to make of that one. Uh, I usually don't like get those kind of guys super wrong. I still believe in the skill set. I did have Todd 22 on my board. I remember uh, Larry liked him a lot too. He'd seen him on the junior circuit a lot because his son is a couple years younger than Todd and just knows the family and thought he was going to be a really good player too. And, you know, it just hasn't really worked out for whatever reason. But anyway, moving on, I also opted to cut Delavadova because, like I said, he is not really much of an NBA player at this point. So we cut him. We converted Jordan Goodwin from a two-way contract into a full NBA contract uh, with that move. And then we added UCLA wing, a six foot seven wing, Jules Bernard. He's playing really well for the go-go. He had 27 points and 10 rebounds the other night into a two-way in Goodwin's place and promoted Travion Williams, a 6'9 big man out of Purdue on the other two-way as well. And then Vernon Carey Jr. was brought back to the go-go to continue dominating the rest of the G League and bringing another friendly face back, the Wizards. Uh, somehow, Anthony Gill did not get picked up by another team, which is shocking to hear, I know. So the Wizards are bringing him back in in a sort of a co-coaching slash front office position. And 10 years from now, we fully expect Anthony Gill to be the assistant GM of this team. So just... Take that for what you will. I kept trying to trade Rui Hachimura, to be honest with you, because that's what happened in real life. So I figured it makes sense to do it. I couldn't find a good deal that just like made sense. I didn't want to give Rui away for pennies on the dollar. And because I traded Kuzma in this exercise, it just made sense to me to keep Rui as sort of insurance because Keegan Murray's been coming on late, but he's still a rookie. There is the whole rookie wall thing. So, you know, without Kuzma, if Murray slumped and they do still want to make the playoffs, I figured it wasn't the worst thing in the world to try to keep Hachimura. So, you know, that was interesting. In real life, uh, if you've ever listened to the DC Coaches Show or Coaches Podcast, features former Maryland head coach Gary Williams, Jimmy Patsos, who obviously was a Maryland assistant coach under Gary, but uh, also does a lot of the Wizards broadcast. So you've seen him there and former guest on the show. Great dude. And also Ed Tapscott. So you may... Some of the younger listeners to this may not remember Ed Tapscott. He was an inter, uh, interim coach of the Wizards for a while on a really bad team, although he did get them to play pretty hard. So shout out to that. Ed's been in that whole Gary Williams coaching tree. He played under Gary and stuff like that. And he was a sort of integral member of the front office, um, sort of director of things and stuff. Uh, and did a lot of the scouting for the Wizards. He has since left, I believe left in 2018, to take on a scouting role with the Timberwolves who have made a lot of really good picks in that time. So a lot of like smart, savvy picks that they added up 
uh, added and, and young guys that they brought in that were kind of unheralded that have played well for them. So I, I think Ed knows his stuff. And he, in their most recent episode, he kind of talked about just sort of like the NBA math uh, that that went into making the decision to move on from somebody like Rui Hachimura. He talked about basically taking Rui and Denny in both drafts were, um, they, he basically called them bastard forwards, you know, like the hybrid three, four, but not in a good way necessarily. And Kuzma also kind of a hybrid three, four, but more in a good way. Uh, but essentially you don't want too many of those types of tweenery players when they're not tweeners in a good way. Um, so he was talking about how between Kuzma, Rui and Denny, if you had to rank those three in order offensively, it would be Kuzma, Rui, Denny. If you had to rank them defensively, it would be Denny, Kuzma, Rui. And if you had to rank them in terms of availability, it would be probably, I don't know, Denny, Kuzma, and then Rui. So if you're Rui, you're on an expiring deal, you're due more money, you're kind of unhappy, and you're not the best offensive player, you're the worst defensive player, and you're the least available. And that just leads you to be the odd man out. So he called that NBA math, I think was the term he used. And honestly, it, it makes sense. And I think Patsos threw in there that they really wanted Rui. He was their guy all along. And then they kind of got lucky and fell into Denny, who they didn't expect to be there. I think we all knew that. But hearing it from Patsos, I know he knows enough people in that front office to kind of, again, validate for us that that, that was the thinking there. So some interesting kind of stuff. And I did see Ed Tapscott uh, at the Maryland game the other night against Indiana. So curious to see who he was there looking at. And I saw two members of the Wizard Scouting Department that um, I'm, I'm sort of familiar with uh, uh, kind of sitting near me as well. So interesting to know who they were keeping an eye on too. Glad to see them at local games and taking advantage of things like that. Been a couple times where Georgetown's played good people and I haven't seen um, anybody from their staff there. So I don't know if maybe they have separate secret seats because it's their home arena or not, but they were not with the other scouts at the very least. So curious to know who they're looking at, whether it's uh, Jalen Hudgefino, a rookie guard who will likely be a first round pick out of Indiana or a Trace Jackson Davis or I don't know, any number of the Terps players could be sort of two-way candidates in the future. So something to keep in mind. Again, just to wrap up this whole mock trade deadline exercise, our sort of simulated uh, depth chart after my my time as GM looks like this. The point guard position is pretty stacked and maybe could have used another move. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see in the offseason. But it would be Monte Morris, DeLon Wright, Davion Mitchell, Jordan Goodwin. Shooting guard would be Bradley Beal, Alec Burks, Corey Kispert, uh, keeping that big lineup intact, big starting lineup intact. So small forward, Keegan Murray, backed up by Denny Avdia, and then backed up by two-way player, Jules Bernard. And power forward, basically, offensively, he's our power forward, Chris Porzingis, Rui Hachimura, Isaiah Todd. And then in the center position, Daniel Gafford, Taj Gibson, and then backed, backed, backed up by Travion Williams, the rookie out of Purdue on a two-way contract as well. So that's the roster. I'll probably um, write this up on Bolts Forever as well. If anyone wants to take a look at it, let me know what you think. Did I did I do better? Uh, you know, is this? You could say losing Kuzma makes the team just worse in the short term. I, I wouldn't disagree with you as a Kuzma lover. I think this makes them better in the long term. It also makes them a lot more flexible. You can't keep all of these guys without basically blowing your entire salary cap on the three players. So. This just gives them some flexibility, gives them some younger assets that they can maybe flip to other people, and maybe it prevents them from making the play-in so they keep their draft pick and they can take someone in the first round. And I don't know, that's another guy for next year's team as well, too. So just something to think about. Again, let me know what you think. This was Believe in Wizards. 
I'm Matt Moderno. I really appreciate this. Again, from the bottom of my heart, it's been really cool to hear the response and feedback. I appreciate all the nice reviews. It's just a fun community. Whether the wizards are good or bad, there's always something for us to, to kind of get uh, you know, emotionally invested in as a group. I hope this mock trade deadline exercise has been at least something fun to think about. It's kind of the dog days of the NBA season. It's not the real trade deadline yet, so there's not a ton of for us to talk about. So hopefully this provides just a little bit of distraction. If you guys like this kind of thing, I'll get some of the other wizards, you know, content creators or whatever you want to call people uh, that do this sort of thing. Uh, and we'll do like a mock, you know, off season kind of thing and see who we should target. I really, really want to do a mock draft room with some of the other guys I've come, you know, have on here to do draft stuff with and just say like, this is the wizards, like, you know, draft table. This is our war room. And I was kind of thinking that maybe we do like a live stream during the actual NBA draft. and based on where the Wizards are picking. Now, if they end up with no first-round picks or something, it's kind of invalidates the idea. But let's say they do end up in the lottery or they do trade back into the first round if they lose their pick. Uh, you know, we could kind of talk through the picks in real time, what it does for the Wizards or the people they should try to trade up for, trade into the first round to get, that sort of thing. And, you know, we could just kind of do our own little telecast of the draft and what it means from the Wizards' perspective. So if you like that idea, let me know. I will do that. It is some amount of work to pull together. So. If you think it's a stupid idea, let me know that too. And I won't waste my time, but uh, it's something I've been toying with a little bit. It's just, you know what? We all say we can do better than the wizards. So let's get a, a panel together here and actually, you know, put our money where our mouth is and put people on the record. And then we can actually kind of compare. Here's what the wizards Twitter, you know, uh, draft crew did compared to the actual wizards front office. So something I've been thinking about, let me know. I think it's a cool idea. Again, just circling back on our sort of merch giveaway. Uh, if you go to iTunes and you leave a review slash guest, uh, guess for who you think our new full-time co-host will be, let me know. I'm hoping to have that person start soon. So the cutoff for that uh, should be pretty soon. I've been told by our Believe Podcast Network that they should be coming on here any day now. So I don't really have a firm timetable in mind from you. I have not heard back from them directly yet about when that person wants to start. So you know, we'll uh, take it in stride here a little bit. You might have to hear me and somebody else uh, in the interim, you know, once or twice more as we figure this out, but should be soon. Again, rate, review, uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Appreciate you guys. And uh, hopefully that they won't have any more games delayed because of weird shit like weather and we'll have more actual basketball to talk about. All right. Until then, until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.